Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad to be here tonight. I count it an honor and a privilege from the Lord to be able to minister into the hearts of His people. I count it an honor and a privilege to minister behind this pulpit of our pastors. I'll tell you what, they're a pretty tough act to follow. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I'm thankful you're here tonight because I prayed for every heart that God wanted to be here would be here. Amen. And you're here because God's got something real good for us. Amen. Now, I ministered at the Golden Vessel meeting last Thursday, and I'm going to minister a similar message tonight. So for the Golden Vessels that are in here, just know you're going to get a sequel till Thursday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But I'll tell you what, it never hurts to hear the word again, amen, and again, and again, and again. So if you're hearing it two times, that's okay. You could even hear it three. Praise God, but it never comes out the same way. The same word, but the Spirit of God looks to the hearts that are in the, in the meeting or the place, and he pulls out. You guys can pull that out of me, you know. The anointing can be pulled out of the speaker if you're drawing on something and you're pulling on something, the Spirit of God will help me preach that just for you. Praise God. So what I'm going to talk about tonight is the anointing and the power of God. Praise God. You guys all need any of that? I need some of that. We all need the power of God working in our lives. Praise the Lord. And the anointing is actually the power of the Spirit inside us to do supernatural things. You guys want to walk in the supernatural? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen? We're supposed to walk in the supernatural. I've been uh, reading a lot in Acts. Mm -hmm. You know what's in there? All about the power of God, about the Holy Ghost, when He came, what happened to the church, how the church got started. And we're going to talk about all that tonight. Would you like to hear that? Praise the Lord. I guess you don't really have a choice. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The whole book of Acts just breathes the power of God. If you just read that book from beginning to end, you could read it in a couple different versions. But reading that, you'll just, you get excited about the power of God. It lights your fire. Because when you get saved, you know, God puts a fire in you. He puts the Spirit in you. It's the spirit that has the fire in there. And so you might be more excited right after you get saved than you are a little farther on down the road. Have you ever seen that happen? It's because your fire's dwindling out. Hallelujah. We don't want that. So tonight we're going to talk about some things, some, the nature of the anointing, and we're going to talk about how to keep that fire stirred up. Because a well-known prophet of the land said, this is the year for the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm saying that, I'm believing that, and we're going to have that, amen? Say amen if you want it. Glory to God, I'm preaching to the right people. Um, I wrote down here, the empowering is, um, uh, by the Holy Spirit, is for divine things, which I already said, it's for the supernatural. It's for help with things that we can't take care of, things we can't do, we can't have people get healed without the power of God. God's the healer. Even with the doctor's help, 
He's still the healer, amen. So that's what the anointing's for. It's to bring God's results through us even to others. Then when the anointing gets on you to a certain degree, it'll start overflowing. Because, you know, you don't need it all for yourself. That's why we want to be blessed financially. Not so we can just be rich and, and blow all the money, but it's so we can help other people that need it. And when they see the hand of God helping them, it's going to make them feel different about the Lord. That's a witness tool. But the anointing works no different. When we're full of God and we've got the power of God working in us and we begin to look like Jesus actually looked, we're a witness of him, then those people are going to get the anointing on them. It's an overflow. Hallelujah. I hope I don't get ahead of myself. I said it's the fire of God in us and it's a supernatural way to equip us for life in this day and hour. Because we are, I've said it before, and our pastors have said it, we're in the end days, people. Whether we like it or not, we're in the end days. Younger people might not like to hear that as much as older people, but I'll tell you what, it, nobody's going to be sad when Jesus comes. Nobody is going to be sad about going to heaven, hallelujah. Glory to God. Nobody's going to be sad about seeing Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. If we only knew what lies ahead, we'd be doing everything we could to get people saved so they could go there too. And when that happens, Jesus is coming back. He doesn't want anybody to miss out on this. Well, in Matthew 3.11, Miss Kathy's doing those. Kathy, I really hope I got them in order and if I say one you don't have, don't worry about it, okay? Um, <clears throat> says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Now, this is John the Baptist talking. But he who is coming after me, which then he's talking about Jesus, amen, he's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, that fire is the anointing of God. That's the power of God. You know why God did that? Because he knew we'd need it. We should not be trying to live on this earth without the power of God working for us and in us and through us. The whole world would look a whole lot different if this word applied to the church, if it was working in the church. It would look a whole lot different than it does now. So praise God, we're going to work to go that direction, amen, and please our Father. God considers the anointing very valuable. He said that in Psalm 105, verse 15. He said, do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. See what he's doing there, he's got our back. If we're a child of God, we've got anointing in us. I don't care who you are. You've got anointing in you if you're a child of God. And he said, don't touch them. Telling the, the enemy, don't touch my anointed because that's our protection. That's a shield of protection for us to be in the anointing. The greater the anointing, the more obvious it is. We'll see that here in a little bit. Praise the Lord. And another reason for the anointing is because God loves us so much. He didn't want us to do without anything we needed here on earth. It was his great love 
that prompted him to put the love or to put the anointing in us because along with that anointing when we got saved he filled us up with his love Romans 5 5 says that the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts he knew he had to have a mix he had to have the anointing and the love of God because if he gave us all that power without the love of God we'd be dangerous Really, that's true. So it has to come through that love, the love of God in us. Not our phony little love that we could muster up, but the love of God. Thinking like God does. Hallelujah. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy um, 1, verses 6 and 7, saying this, uh, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So he's saying right there, Timothy, I think, must have been fairly fearful. But uh, Paul said to him, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And it's not that Timothy had to have been fearful. But see, God's saying he's given us a spirit of love. Well, love cancels out fear. That's what it does. So if you're full of the love of God, you can't have fear in you. Praise the Lord. That sound mind, I looked it up, it means this. Let's read 7 again and I'll say this. For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, meaning he's given us safe thinking, disciplined thought patterns, ability to understand. Wouldn't you like to have that? A lot of things I don't understand. I'd like to have the understanding of it. And to make right decisions. That's all in that sound mind. I'm hanging on for the sound mind. In the world we live in where the devil's trying to rob us and make us feel crazy, take away our remembering factor, the, our memory, causing us not to be able to function like God wants us to. We need the sound mind. That's the spirit of God. It's a spirit of power that we're talking about the anointing. That's one way we're going to keep it. And of love and of a sound mind praise God and we have the mind of Christ through the spirit of Christ hallelujah we claim we need to claim that that's where the word comes in we all know that Jesus walked in the anointing didn't he in Isaiah 61 and had uh, Kathy I did not give you this I'm just going to say this this the in 61 it said the spirit of the Lord is upon me Jesus said this the Lord, because the Lord has anointed me to do, and then he lists all the things to do. Jesus didn't do that until he was anointed. He didn't heal the sick and raise the dead till he got the power and the anointing of God on him. But when he got the power on him, he sure did. He raised the dead. He did everything that his father told him to do. And he said everything the father said for him to do, say praise God Acts 10 38 says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and Kathy don't have that either sorry hon 
with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's just what we said, for God was with him. It was after the anointing came on him that he was able to do that. And that's the way it is with us. When the anointing comes on us, the power of God into such a degree that we really believe it and we know it, then we can do those things that Jesus did. And you're probably sitting there thinking, I've heard this over and over and over. Well, it's time to believe it then. It's time for us to believe it. Shake it up and believe it. Get this fire burning. Stir up this fire just like he told Timothy. Praise the Lord. Um, go to John um, 20, verse 21 and 22. You guys could turn in your Bibles if you want to or you if you're used to doing this board. I like, I'm like Gary. I kind of like to just do my thing right here. And if you guys want to look at that, go right ahead. It might be easier. And it works super for our pastor. So that's perfect. This was Jesus uh, speaking to the um, apostles after he had been raised from the dead. And, and so in 21, he said, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Oh, you know, breathing on him. We've been singing a lot about his breath, haven't we? That's the presence of the Spirit. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So him breathing, it's like he breathed it into them, the Holy Spirit. Well, they didn't have the Spirit then. They had, didn't have it yet. The Spirit was available to Jesus, and at certain times God used the Spirit on other people, but this was the first time they had him inside of them, and they were born again. They hadn't yet been filled as in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's, that's a different thing, and we're going to talk about it. But they had the Spirit of God in them right then. They are born again. Hallelujah. Um, and then more, we're going to talk about more anointing as we go along. More power of the anointing came on the day of Pentecost. And you guys, surely being in this church, you ought to know what Pentecost was and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? It isn't like it's our first night of hearing it. So most of these scriptures that I'm even giving you guys are probably some you may have memorized or some you already know. But let's all of us hear it tonight again like we've never heard it before. Listen for the Spirit to reveal the meaning of it, the, deep, the depth of it. Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And he's telling them, they've already been saved, right? And he said, the power's going to come on you, when the, uh, on the day of Pentecost, I'm going to send the power, just like he promised. He's going to send the power. He's going to send the anointing. And I just wanted to say in the Passion Translation, part of that verse is, he said, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be filled with power. It was a promise from the good hands man. Hallelujah. It's a promise of God. So they're banking on it. Had Jesus ever lied to them before? No. And he wasn't going to lie to them now. So they were getting ready. They were in the upper room. Amen? 
That Greek word for power is dunamis or dynamis, however you want to say it. I've heard it a lot of ways. And it means energy, power, might, great force, great ability, strength, miraculous power, dynamite power, mighty working power. I bet they got excited over that. I bet they were already excited to get the Holy Spirit. But when they found out they're going to get a double dose, they were probably real excited. They didn't want Jesus to leave anyway. And if he was sending the Spirit, one just like him, another one just like him, I'm sure they were thrilled. Hallelujah. It said it'll come up on you. Well, that means you'll be immersed in it. You'll be baptized in it. You'll be fully saturated with the baptism and his power. Hallelujah. Well, the pa- that power, that we get of the baptism comes on us to equip us to help others and to serve others, to have ministry, praise God. It's also for us too, and you and I both know, when you pray in tongues, it helps you, amen? It's a way to talk to God. So if you ever haven't ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's for everyone in the body of Christ. The only requirement is that you've accepted Jesus Christ. And if you haven't done that, you need to. And then we need to get filled with the Spirit of God for the power of God to work in us. And then we need to walk in the power. Praise the Lord. Are you guys excited? You're going to have to hear another amen or two. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's how Jesus is going to win the world. It's when the power of God in us overflows on them. When you get in the way of a Holy Ghost person and they are just flowing in the Spirit, you take notice. You know, they, and, some, and a lot of people, I mean, it, it, it's a, it sets, creates such a presence of God when the Spirit's moving. And they may not know anything about it, but they say, I want some of that. You know, they never maybe ever got that excited about anything in their whole life. But they want some of that. And I don't think people get offended with that. I mean, if they do, they'll get up and leave. But I don't think people get offended with the Spirit of God. If they get offended over somebody praying in tongues, well, they may as well leave anyway because they're not even going to listen to the Word. You've got to have the Spirit to hear the Word. The Spirit's on the Word, praise God. So there isn't any excuse for us to not walk in the power of God. Not walk in the blessing of this gift God's given us. It's a gift, and he gave it to us because we need it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are all probably already filled with the Holy Ghost. What am I preaching on this for? Because we need to hear it again. If you already have it, then you can show somebody else how to get it. Praise God. Okay, it said in that scripture up there in one eight. Um, and you shall be witnesses to me. Well, you know, a witness provides evidence. So what's the evidence going to look like? It's going to look like Jesus. Amen? We're going to start looking like Jesus if we're showing evidence of him. If, if there's no evidence of Jesus, they don't know it's Jesus. But that should show evidence of him. Goodness, kindness, love, mercy, compassion. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, they're all of the Spirit of God. They all witness of the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. 
trademarks of his power should be on us. Just like Peter and John. They said um, they were recognized um, they were recognized as having been with Jesus. How'd they know that? How did they know that? People knew how Jesus acted. They were always trying to catch up with him. Crowds following him everywhere. And they said Peter and John resembled them. And they said Peter and John were uneducated, unprofessional. It said they were... Um, uneducated and untrained. But I'll tell you what they did. They resembled Jesus in their words and their actions. They acted like him. That spirit of God that was in Jesus got on them, made them act like him. That's, that's the way it works. So if we get around God enough, get in the word enough and talk to him enough, we'll start acting like him too. And I think the world will be glad about it. I think our brothers and sisters will be glad about it. I know God will be glad about it. Jesus and all of heaven will probably be shouting and clapping and praising God because the church is finally coming alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church needs to come alive. And this is one way to do it is to get the fire of God burning in us to such a degree we look like Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's not a part-time job. We need to do it all the time. We need to do it all the time and not just when we feel like it or not when we just when we think that the people around us are going to accept it, but we got to hear the Spirit and be like Jesus all the time. Praise God. No matter where we're at, in-house or out-of-house, praise the Lord. I want to turn to Acts 2. Verse 2, well, you won't need to turn to it because it's the Passion Translation. Unless you have a Passion Bible. Um, praise the Lord. So verse 1, suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from the heavenly realm, out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Oh, man, would it have been cool to be there. Then all at, a one, all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. The wind wasn't enough. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them, praise God. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. Equipped. I love that, don't you? They were equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues. They were empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. What a day that must have been. I bet they're glad they were the 120 that were there. Hallelujah. I think there could have been more. I think they could have had 500, but they didn't all hang around. So the 120 got this, and I was reading about this, and it said in the Aramaic, that uh, blast of wind, that violent blast of wind, could have been interpreted like the roar of a groaning spirit. I read another commentary that said it could have sounded like um, a train, a freight train going through a tunnel. Imagine that. I'm sure the wall shook. Don't you think? Wow. I bet the wall shook and then that light came. 
that fire that we call fire, that fire was not like a burning flame, but it was like a shaft of light that came in that said, I'm here. That was the presence and the glory of God. That was like the pillar of fire that led the Israelites, much the same. And then it broke down into all those pieces and got on every one of them. Imagine how that room lit up. Well, no wonder they cried out in tongues. No wonder they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's awesome what God did. What a presentation the Holy Ghost made. He did not want to be forgotten. Amen. Praise the Lord. And sad to say, but in a lot of places, a lot of church houses and homes, he isn't even recognized at all. He's not reverenced. And by the way, he is a person. I don't want, I don't like hearing people call him it, because he's not an it. He's a person, the person of the Holy Spirit, a part of the Trinity. Glory to God. And he deserves honor. My goodness. He's Jesus in here, in us. Praise God. He's a spirit of God. Hallelujah. You know, the breath we talked about in John 22 when Jesus breathed into him, like I said earlier, that was for their transformation. This was for them being filled with the Spirit and speaking with tongues. Hallelujah. We want to just make that clear. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A lot of this stuff I'm reading, I already told you. To be filled means that um, you're furnished and you're equipped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go to Isaiah 10, 27. The anointing is also to remove burdens and destroy yokes. You guys ever had any burdens or have you ever had any yokes? Or do you even know what a yoke is? <laughs> well, I know what one yoke looks like, but a yoke on us is something really grievous and hard to carry. Something we don't want. Amen? And a burden. We all know what a burden is. We cry out, Lord, take this burden away. Well, that's what the anointing does. The anointing removes that pressure, removes that burden, removes that circumstance that stops you, that hurts you, that makes you sick, that gives you disease. It removes everything that does not line up with God in your life. That's what the anointing will do. It'll destroy yokes and uh, remove burdens and destroy yokes. That's the kind of power that we're talking about. Praise the Lord. Maybe if you don't have any burdens, you know somebody that does. And you can pray for them and they can have it removed from them. I mean, we all have different kinds of burdens. Mine may not be yours. I'm not carrying any anymore. How about you? We don't have to carry the burdens anymore. That's what the anointing's for. It's the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. The anointing also quickens us in John 6, 63. Hallelujah. Praise God. It says, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Now the King James Version says, it's the Spirit that quickeneth and the 
New King James says, the Spirit gives life, means the same thing. To quicken means to give life. So the anointing gives life. It means to revive us. I'm talking about that fire in here. It's to revive that fire, hallelujah. Cause it to burn more intensely, to shine more brightly, to give light to, to revitalize, to rejuvenate. That's kind of like revival, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Well, we all need to be quickened. We all need to be revived. There's none of us bubbling around like Jesus. None of us are exactly acting like him. None of us are walking in the same, same way he did, are we? I mean, no condemnation. The word doesn't bring condemnation. It just it lets us know here's where we can change things because I want to make your life better, God says, because he loves us. And he wants to make our life better. And like Pastor Jerry says, if we keep doing the same stinking thing we're doing, we're going to get the same stinking results. So we're going to change that tonight. First of all, you've got to open your heart and say, I want some of that. I want that anointing. I want that power of God working in me. Not just for me, but for my family, for others. For the world's sake, for goodness sakes. So you've got to be willing to receive it. Because when the Holy Spirit brings somebody up here to preach a message that's for all of us, it's up to you to get it. Because it's not his fault. And if you don't get it, it's nobody's fault but yours. Hallelujah. But the good part is you can't. I don't care where you are in your walk of life. I don't care what your life looks like now or where you've been. It can change tonight if you want more of God. It's a, tonight's a message about stirring you up and getting you to want God more. It's about stirring all of us up. I want to be more stirred up. You're probably looking at me and saying, I think you're pretty stirred up. <laughs> but I'm preaching to you. I'm delivering the word. I, in my life, I want to be more stirred up. I want to be stirred up every day. I want to be a witness for him every day. When I talk to someone, I want to speak the word of love to them, God's word of love. I want what I say to help them as much as if God was there telling them. And that's the way it should be. And it can be. In the name of Jesus, we just have to yield to it, praise God. There's none of us in here that can't have it. It's not like you've got to be in the word 30 years to get it. You can get it the next day after you're saved, hallelujah. But you've got to want it. We've got to want God more than anything else. Hallelujah. Um, the quickening, the revitalizing, the revival God can do right here, the fire, what that's going to do to us is it's going to make us more sensitive to the Spirit. Because the Spirit's in us, working, moving all the time. He's trying to tell us stuff every day, but we're just not getting it. He wants to tell us how to do stuff. He wants to tell us how to help people. He wants to tell us how to help ourselves. Hallelujah. That's what the quickening does. Praise the Lord. Romans 8, 11, and I'm going to read it in the King James Version because I like what it says when it uses the word quicken. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. 
The Spirit of God will quicken not only our spirit, it'll quicken our mind, it'll quicken our body. That's where healing comes in. It quickens our entire being. If not so, God would have told us. It quickens us. It helps us. It revives us, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, if that spirit can't heal a cold, then something's wrong. It's, it's not a different spirit that heals a cold. It's the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Glory to God. That same spirit that will heal a cold will heal cancer. That same spirit that will heal cancer will raise the dead up. Amen? It's the same spirit. God gave us all of it in a package. He said, I'm giving it all to you. In my love. Walk in my love and the power will work. We got to walk in the love of God. Praise God. Yes. Praise the Lord. Um, let's go to 1 John 2 27. The anointing, anointing teaches us too. Praise the Lord. But the anointing which you've received from Him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you, Concerning all things, it, and is true, and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. Now the Weiss, or the Weiss translation, some say, says, even as he, the Holy Spirit, comma, the anointing, taught you, be constantly abiding in him. Well, you know, when I was first learning about this verse, I thought... Um, I'm not supposed to get any teaching from anybody else. But that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is this. Let the Holy Spirit, the anointing, teach you and constantly abide in him. That him is, it is capitalized there. But in the King James Version, it is not capitalized. It's a small h. It's in the anointing. And you can capitalize it for the anointing if you want to because it's all in the same. Hallelujah. But that anointing is what teaches us. Let's read it again and digest it. But the anointing which you've received from him, that's God, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. Because the Holy Ghost, the anointing, is the only one that can teach you and have revelation come. Other people, people can present it. But the Holy Ghost teaches you. The Holy Ghost in here is the teacher. Hallelujah. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, abide in Him. Abide in the anointing, the Holy Spirit. Abide in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what He's saying. So don't foo-foo the anointing and thinking, I don't need it. We all need it. We all need it. And you know why a lot of people don't have it? Because it costs something. It costs you something. It costs spending time with God. It costs communion with God. It costs word time. It costs prayer time. It costs Holy Ghost praying time. But it's worth it. It's worth it. 
in the end. Because when you come up needing it, you think about what it costs and you wish you did it. That's how you know it's worth it. It's worth it to do that. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit helps us to know the truth in a way that our human understanding don't get it. But the Holy Spirit can reveal it supernaturally to us. The anointing, the power of God can reveal the word to us when nothing else can. It takes the Spirit on the word to even catch the word. But we can because we've got it. We've got the Spirit. Everybody say, I got the Spirit. We got the Spirit, people. We've got it. And nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can take it away from you. You just get away from God a little bit. And man, oh man, that Spirit going to come. He's going to come with such conviction in you. And he's gonna, you're going to want to bawl and cry. You're going to want to run back to God because he's drawing you back. You need that. We need that Holy Ghost conviction. That's his job. It's not condemnation. You know the difference between condemnation and conviction? Condemnation is something the devil sends. That's when he says, you're bad. You'll never be any good. You did that wrong. I don't think you can ever do that right. And the conviction of God says, son, you made a blooper there, but I can help you fix it. Or you know better than that. You know what to do now. Sorry, Lord, and go back. But that's conviction. That's the sweet conviction. We better praise God for conviction. We need the conviction. But when you hear the other, when, when something's telling you how bad of a person you are or how wrong that was what you did, that's not God. That's the devil. And he wants to keep you there. Because if he can get you believing that, you ain't never going to show back up at the church house. That's what he wants. That's his trick. Just a little, just a little uh, flash there for you. That's how the devil works. Hallelujah. You know that um, when the Spirit of God comes on us, we shouldn't be the same person anymore. I mean, that's a big change to have the power of God in us. We should be different. We should realize that we are different. And then we act different. When we believe we're different, when we believe we're a child of God and that God loves us, then we'll act different. But when we mess up and we get that old condemnation, then we no longer believe that. So it totally destroys your identity. Hallelujah. The anointing's here to prevent that. You know, Jesus didn't do any mighty works until he got the Spirit, and neither will we. Like, I'm, I'm just saying things over I already said without the notes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, the, the apostles and the disciples had the anointing among them after the day of Pentecost. And you remember that um, Peter, uh, he goes goes up to the lame man and the lame man's sitting there begging for alms and, and he wants help 
Well, when you're down and out, you want help. Amen. So uh, Peter and John were walking there, and pardon me. Oh, my microphone. Yeah, Larry's never been very proud of how I wear this, but <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> I just put on the clothes they put on the mic. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, anyway, back to Peter. So Peter comes up to the lame man. Yeah, you're right. It's not coming through very good. Um, he, he comes up to the lame man, and the man's begging. And uh, Peter says, look at me. And, and the man looks because he thinks, well, he's going to give me something. You know, I'm going to get some provision. I'm going to get some food. I'm going to get some clothes or some whatever I need. And uh, Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have any. But what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, Christ. I don't know if he said Christ, but that's, that's who he is. name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Well, I want to I infer something here first before we go on with the, the whole meaning of that. But Peter and John were not broke, I want to tell you that. He said, we don't have any gold or silver. Some people land on that, you know, if they don't want to believe the prosperity, and they'll say, well, they were broke. They weren't broke. What Peter was saying is, I don't operate like that. Not that he didn't have any money. He said, man, what you need is not that. What you need is what I got, the anointing. I got the power. That's what you need. So go ahead, rise up and walk. Go get your own provision. Go get your own clothes. Go take care of your own self. You don't need that stuff. That's the stuff of the natural realm. What you need is God, and then he supplies all that other. That's what he was doing. Praise God. That's what happens when you get the anointing on you. You get a revelation. Peter had a revelation of that. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, I told you this earlier, and this is the good part, that the way to increase our anointing is to get with God, is to know him. So, I've, if you've heard me ever minister before, I'm probably always going to hit on some part of this message because it's so important. It's valuable. If you don't have any communion with God, how can you expect any help from God? How can you expect to be blessed? Amen? So let's go to Ephesians, or excuse me, Philippians 3, verse 8. Golden vessel people in here, does this sound anything like thirsty? Enhanced, praise God. Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. How many of you know that Christ is not Jesus' last name? It means Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Anytime you see Christ, you can set that word Christ in the Bible. You can substitute the anointed one, capital O, and his anointing. That's what he is. He's the power. He's the power of God. Hallelujah. Verse 9, and be found in him. That's what I'm telling you. We've got to be found in him. Not having our own righteousness. We don't have any. We don't have any righteousness. It's his righteousness we stand in because of the blood of Jesus. 
Amen. It's just because of what Jesus did, we can even have it. Hallelujah. Which is from the law. But that which is through faith is Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. What I just said. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul wants to know that power to that degree that Jesus was resurrected. He said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. The Amplified says uh, that I may become progressively more deeply acquainted with him. So that tells you there's levels. There's a progression. We don't get saved one day and get up at the, behind the pulpit the next. Amen? <clears throat> well, Peter did. <laughs> part, part nearly 50 days later <clears throat> but that was then this is now but it says uh, progression we get we, we get it by progression we get the power of the anointing by progression and uh, not having my own righteousness well we have to know it's not us amen it's not us that that has the power so if we get the power of God working in us we don't need to get all puffy and huffy like we're doing something, and that happens a lot of times. But that's when the love factor leaves. You got, if you have the love factor, you're, you're not going to ever have that issue. You're going to walk out in the love. But when you're walking in the love, you're also walking in the power of God. <clears throat> um, Paul was a lover of God. He wasn't a user of God. He experienced. God and the love of God. He experienced it. Not only did he know the word, not only did he love the word, not only did he do and say the word, he experienced it inside. He fell in love with it and it became him. It became him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Passion says in verse 10, I continually, Paul's saying this, after all he's done, I continually long to know and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. He just couldn't get enough of God. I bet he was wanting more of God till the day he went home. Hallelujah. I want to be more like that. Praise God. The love and power of God go together. Let's go to Ephesians 3, verse 16. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through the faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, there's the tie, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height? That's to know it all. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. God wants us to have it all. He's like Pastor Jerry, a full meal deal. He gave it all to us. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works where? in us he said he can do more than we can think about because of what's in here not because of what's up here 
because of what's in here. So we can do more than we think we can do. We can serve God better than we think we can. We can walk in the power better than we think we can. We can know the power of God more than we think. Hallelujah. We just got to go after God. Hallelujah. We have to be hungry and thirsty for the power and the love of God in our life. Isaiah 44, 3 said, uh, the Father said, I will pour water on him who's thirsty. Water here means the spirit or the anointing. He said he's going to pour it on us if we're thirsty. Are we thirsty? Are we real thirsty? Hallelujah. You're going to take whatever you're thirsty for. Are we thirsty for the things of the world or are we thirsty for God? Hallelujah. He, I'll tell you right now, he's going to bring us more enjoyment. We're going to have a better end if we're hungry for God. We're going to have a better life here on earth. We're going to see people be saved in our families and all around us more if we're operating in that power of God. Praise God. That's what I want. I want to make a difference in somebody around me. I want to be a presence, an influence. It's about the influence. Influence people. It's for God, not for me, but for God. Influence them for God. That I look enough like Jesus that they say, I want to be like that. Not that I want to be like Nancy, but I want to be like that in God. That's what we want. That's what we need. Hallelujah. We have to have this. We're going to have to have this in these last days on this earth. Time's running out. For older people, it's running out fast. But it's running out on us. Seriously, it's running out. We ought to live every day like it's our last one here. That's, that's a good measure to go by. Just like it's our last day here. Praise God. What do we want to leave here with? What we have in here, the amount of God we have in here is all we're taking with us. Hallelujah. We're not taking nothing else. Praise God. The thirst and hunger draws on the anointing of God. If you get thirsty for the word, that word's going to pull on you. And you get in the word, and that word, because you're hungry, that word's just going to start coming alive, coming alive, coming alive. And you're going to think, I read that before. Lord, I don't remember that. I don't remember it said that. I didn't hear that last time. Because the anointing's working. The Holy Spirit's working. He's revealing things to you. Praise God. Then when you hear the preacher and he says something, it might be a scripture you've heard a hundred times, and it never meant very much then, but all of a sudden it clicks. And you think, oh, my God. He's reading my mail. No, you just woke up. You just woke up finally to God. You finally started hearing the spirit that's in you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when we encounter God, I wrote down here, only encounters with God will quench the thirsting for God and his power. And the way we encounter him is in the word and in prayer then he can come on the scene when we get involved of either of those two things. We can be in the Word, the written Word, open up the Word and be in the Word, draw off the Word, 
but the power of the Spirit of God, the anointing of God's on the Word. And then when we begin to pray, we can pray out the Word. I mean, the Word will be so big in us, we begin to pray out the Word. When you pray out the Word, that's when the power comes. When you get in there and you find a verse that pertains to you, and you say, I believe that. God, do you really mean that's for me? Because you know my background. And he says, that's for you, brother. That's for you, sister, more than anybody else. And you, then you believe it. And you hear him say it, you believe it. And then you act on that word. And then you'll find yourself speaking that word. Then you'll be going and telling your friends about that word. And you'll say, here's what happened to me. I don't know what your problem is. I'll tell you what mine was. And here's what God did, and he'll do the same thing for them. And then you can help them find that word because, my gosh, you've been in the word and you know where it's at. Hallelujah. Isn't it a thrill when you think of a scripture and you know right where to go? Yeah, I love that. God will do that. He'll make this thing work better than it's even possible in the natural sense. The anointing. The anointing is quickening to this brain. It makes us think better, just like I read to you earlier. It makes us think better. It makes us have more intelligence even. It makes us know things that God wants us to know that we can't know without the anointing of God. Hallelujah. we got to have it. I'm almost begging you guys. we got to have this. We've got to have it. I know I have to have it. You ain't no different than me. You have to have it too. We all do. Hallelujah. We're all ministers. Don't think, sit there in your seat and think, no, I'm not a minister. I'm not a preacher. You are a minister. You're already ministering everything in here, even if it's right or wrong. You're speaking it out. You're putting it on others. That's ministry. So we have the right thing in here. Minister the word instead of what maybe you've been ministering or what the devil wants you to say. Don't say what he wants you to say. Anything that makes you feel bad or right down in here where your spirit is makes it just want to do a spasm when you hear it, that's not God. And then you've got to resist that stinking thought. We don't ever get above that. None of us. I don't care how long you've been in the Word or in God. You're always going to have opportunities to resist the enemy. I had to do it today. He was coming against this Word. And now I know why. He was coming against this word. I mean, I had my notes in front of me. I was reading my notes. And nothing meant anything. And I said, God, what's wrong? But it was the attack of the devil. And I commanded him to get off me. I resisted him in the name of Jesus. And when he went, oh, my gosh, the spirit started moving and revealing things to me. And I knew I had won that in the Spirit of God. Well, I'm no different than you. I am no different than you. You can walk out of these church doors no more than get to your car and you want to go do something you used to do that you know good and well ain't right. That's the devil, I'm telling you. That's the enemy. That anointing in you is for that exactly. It's for you to use the word and say, I resist you. The word says, I am righteous in God. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner in God. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. That's how you have to talk to him. Because sometimes I think he's deaf. Because you've got to tell him. 
You've got to know it, too. Man, I was mad when I, when I realized that. I thought, don't you dare do that to me. But it's because of this message that's going to set you and me free. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God, the power of God working in us. That's what the anointing is. It's the power of God. We have enough power in us to raise the dead. We just have to know it. We have enough power in us to tell cancer, get off of me, and it's got to go. Hallelujah. I think he deserves a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's our God. That's how God is, full of love and compassion. He doesn't want us living that way. He doesn't want us living defeated. He doesn't want us living broke. He doesn't want us living sick. He wants us living whole and well and just like Jesus did on earth. Praise God. That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So now you're thirsty. <laughs> now you want God more, don't you? That's what the Holy Ghost has been trying to do in you and me. He's trying to get us hungry for God, hungry for Him, wanting Him more, choosing Him over a lot of other things. God knows we live in this world and we've got to do things. We've got to make a living. We've got to clean up, you know. We've got to fix food and feed people. He knows that. But He's always going to make quality time for you to be with Him. It's worth every bit of it. Every bit of it. Um, praise the Lord. I have a few more minutes. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the Word. Since the Word's powerful, got the power of the Word, our Word level equals our anointing level. You know, I told you I was going to tell you how to get more anointing. The word level equals the anointing level. 2 Timothy 3.16 in the Passion says this. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. Hallelujah. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper in the path of godliness. That's what the Word does. The Word and, and the Spirit, the empowered one, that's the Spirit. They work together. There's anointing on this Word. I already told you that. There's power in this Word. There's anointing on it. So you want more anointing, get more of this. You say, I don't feel very anointed. I don't, I don't feel very powerful in God. I don't think I could do anything in God. Get more Word. Get more Word. If you don't know how to study the Word, that's not a good excuse. There's a lot of tools that you have, we can get to teach you the Word. If you don't know what they are, come to one of us. Come to the pastor. I need a way to learn the Word. God sees your hunger. He'll make you a way. If it's CDs you want, if it's, I mean, we got everything. We got the Internet. We can download stuff. There's no excuse for not having the Word. You can carry it on your phone. It can be with you everywhere you go. I wouldn't carry this everywhere I go. It's too big but I can carry it on my phone or my iPad or my tablet. 
There's no excuse. We just have to have more of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get revelation from the word by the Holy Spirit when we spend time in it. It's one thing to read the word and it's one thing to get revelation of the word. I say, what's the reason of reading it if you don't get any revelation? If you don't know the meaning of it. It's not written just for anybody to read and get anything out of it. It's written for the Spirit of God to reveal it to. We have to have the Spirit of God. It's imperative to have the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's imperative to have the anointing of God. That verse, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. As we get in the word, the power gets on us. That's just how it works. More word, more power. Get it however you want to, just like I said, audio or whatever. Make sure you're getting it. If you could listen to one CD a day or one message online, go whoever you want to listen to, Pastor Jerry or Trudy, go anywhere you want. Listen to at least one. Maybe listen to it twice. Let it get in you. That's a good start. If you're not a big reader, go audio. You can get the Bible on audio. But get it in there. Have it go in. Even if you're working, even if you've got to think about something, have that word just going in your ear. I've listened to the word all night long, just had a recorder going. I haven't did it lately because my husband's a light sleeper, but have that word going. You know what? I, I wouldn't feel like I could have heard a thing you said. I was asleep. But you get up, and Judy can witness this. She did the same thing. And the, and the word starts getting revealed to you. I mean, you just get revelation of the word. It's the power on the word. There's power on the word to change us. If we get the word and get a hunger, a hunger for the word. Anybody that gets excited about getting a new Bible, they love the word. They love the word. That's a good test. You give somebody a new Bible and they go, oh my gosh, that's the one I've been wanting. They love the word. If they say, oh, that's nice, that means they've got one and they don't use it. But get hungry for the word. Let it just be your best friend. You know, when you, when you, I'm a big marker. I mark my stuff out. I mark my books up, my study books so bad, they could have never been given away at all. They're, they're just, they're trademarked by me. And I do the same with my Bible. Now, I, don't, I have a bunch of them. I use a bunch. But my Bible's got writing all up the sides, writing all underneath arrows leading up and here and there and everywhere. Highlights. It's got black pencil. It's got red ink. I noticed Pastor Jerry's has red ink. <laughs> it looks pink from where I sit. But it's red. But I mark them up. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with marking up the Bible. It means you're in it. There's nothing reverence about just the book. You get what I mean? The reverence is in the God of the book. That's who you need to reverence. But if you can get more out of it by marking it up and teaching you something out of it, then I say go for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I got another one here. Praise the Lord. Every encounter. Some I've already did. I love that. That's why the Lord was probably telling me today, don't worry so much about your notes. And I thought, Devil, shut up. 
<laughs> because I did worry about my notes. <laughs> I worked on them a while. But honestly, if you don't have it in here, you can't tell anybody anyway. Amen. Praise God. I think I'm going to let you guys go. Just I want to give you one more verse, though. Um, or let's go to Romans 1.16, Kathy, maybe two more. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the, and that's the anointed one and his anointing. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Everyone. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Don't be ashamed of God. You know, if you're shouting hallelujah at home, or you're shouting hallelujah in the church, I know that. If you're doing that, you ought to be able to shout it anywhere. You ought to be able to say, thank God in the grocery store. Or hallelujah. Oh, or oh, what a blessing. You ought to be able to say that kind of stuff. It ought to just come out of us. If we're truly grateful, if we're truly in love with God, we're not going to get upset about that. Nobody should get upset about that. But it, we're not going to be afraid to do that is what I meant to say. And if anybody else is offended, maybe you can just lead them to the Lord right there. You know, But you've got to love them. It's got to work in the love, the love part. The power of God's there to do it, to get anybody saved, but you got to love them. Praise the Lord. Okay, the, one of these, Joshua 1.8. We're going to talk about that just for a second here. <clears throat> yes, this is one I really wanted to tell you. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Anybody want to be successful? Yeah. You know what that word means? Um, the Greek word there, or the Hebrew word, is sakau, and it means including having discretion, intelligence, and wisdom. That's what that word means, success. For when you, when you get in the word, and it says if you meditate in it day and night, well, Lord, when do I sleep? Well, don't mean all night, but in the morning, in the night, you know, at night, in the morning, more than once a day. Meditate on the Word. Or I tell you what, do this. Get a scripture and meditate it all day. You don't have to have a whole book. Just get a scripture, something that means something to you, something that speaks to your heart, and then just think about that all day. That's really what meditate is. It's think about it, study it, ponder it, mull it around. You know, figure out this. Figure. I'll tell you what meditation is, what Pastor Jerry does. When he tells a Bible story, and you know he's been there, he's meditated on it. He, he's thought on it so much that the Spirit's revealed to him that promise. That's what meditation is. Praise God. <clears throat> so it means, the, this says that if you do that, then you're going to have good success. It means having discretion. Then you're going to know how to live. You're going to be discreet. You're going to know how to live, what to say, what not to say. You're going to be intelligent. You're not going to be uneducated. You're going to be intelligent. You're going to talk like you know something because you know the good book. And this book knows it all. And you have wisdom. That's success when you have wisdom. You know what to do with your life, praise God. Praise God. So we want that. We want to meditate on the Word. Meditation brings the revelation of the word or the rhema word. 
It starts out logos, but then when you get it, get the revelation of it, it becomes rhema word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Revelation is the substance for the anointing. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm trying to figure out where to cut this off. I think, um, you know, I just want to, Kathy don't, doesn't have these scriptures. Um, you know what? Instead of doing that, I'm going to do this. I just want to say this. Know that there's different levels of anointing. There was the level of the new birth, remember? There's the level of the baptism of the Holy Ghost where you get more spirit. There's great power in Acts 4.33. It says, and great power, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord. So that's greater than the baptism. There's exceeding great power. And that's in Ephesians 1.19. And it says, wants to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. That's when you meditate the word and get in the word. You get that power. And then there's immeasurable power. And that's how Jesus was raised to, from the dead. He's the one that had the immeasurable power. God said in John uh, 3.34, um, For he whom God sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. And the King James Version says, unto him. doesn't give the Spirit by measure to him. So those are the levels. We just keep praying until we get where God wants us. I want to read this, uh, Ephesians 3.16 and 20, and I knew we did it earlier, Kathy, in the King James Version, but I want to read it in the Passion. Let's just uh, finalize everything with this, end it up. Verse 16 says, And I pray that he would unveil unto you, within you, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Now that's a scripture you could meditate. That's in the Passion Translation. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then, in 1819, it says, Then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimension. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. And this is the Bible, people. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. And the last verse says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Hallelujah. That was Ephesians 3, 16 through 20 in the Passion. Well, did you get anything? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I hope I wasn't too loud. I hope it didn't seem like I was yelling at you or begging you, but I was kind of. But we just, I know you all want it. I want it. We want to be closer to God. Amen. Because we want God's word to work for us. We want the power of God that he put in us that's been laying dormant. We want it to work for us and do what God intended it to do. And we can have it. That's the beauty of it. It's available. It's available to everyone, whether you're born again today or you're born again 30 years ago or 40 or 50. It's available. So we want to reach out and get what God's got. So if you want to stand up, and then we'll just pray, and I'll release you. And 
You can love on everybody before you leave because we're going to all walk in love. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, we are thankful and we are so grateful for the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you that you planted this word in our heart tonight, God. We just thank you for it, Father. And we believe for growth. We believe, Father, for bigger and better spirit power in us as we grow and come to you, as we go to your word and as we commune with you and read your word and pray to you, God. We believe you'll increase that anointing upon us in greater measure. We want to be everything you've called us to be on this earth. We praise and honor you for the word. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus Christ. And we give you honor and praise in this house. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Love you all. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.